Hello, I'm Daniel Sketchler. And I'm Callum Byrne. We've been friends for more than 10 years, sharing lifelong passions such as film and music. But most importantly, football, through the ups and the downs, the celebration and the heartbreak. However, he's a blue nose. And he's a villain. This is the Second City Podcast. Hello, Cal. How are you keeping this fine Monday evening? All right, Dan. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. What about yourself? Christmas is around the corner. Two weeks, as we're recording, two weeks tonight. Not sure yeah. where. Um, yeah, it's still sprung up on me a bit. We've had our Christmas decorations up at work for quite a long time, and yet I feel I still feel like Christmas has like, snuck up on me and stuff. But... It's a weird one, actually, because I was looking at my my work schedule as well this week. And I was like, oh, crap, next Friday is my last day. Like, that's brilliant. Yeah. And it's like, it kind of feels like three or four weeks away. And it's very rapidly not being that. Yeah. Do you remember like when you were in school and it'd literally be like, oh, I'm counting down for days. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I do always remember this part of the year where like the tree's up. Mm. You're not really doing a lot in school. It's all relatively easy, and you just what's the point? Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, you've had a lot of festive cheer as well already. Uh, yeah, in the football world. Yeah, and we not... both we both attended matches this week as well, which is probably yeah. the first time we've both gone in the same match week. I think yeah, since probably, we started. Yeah. yeah, obviously, Blues and Villa never tend to be at home. Oh, well, obviously, unless there's some bizarre circumstance, and never at home on the same week. Mm. But yeah, you uh, you went to a big a big. Did you go to both? No, you went to one game, didn't you? I went to one game. Yeah, I I got on an away day on Friday night. Uh, not the not the best away day I've ever had, but not the worst away day <laughs> not, either, Dan. Not, not even the worst I've had in twenty twenty three, to be honest. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've always said though, like I don't know, you kind of especially with Blues, like you can't really let as much as the result tries its hardest to like ruin it. You just got to enjoy the night out and like I don't know, new stadium and all that. I mean, away days are more than just the football, aren't they? It's everything that sort of goes part and parcel with it. Of course. Um, but we'll get onto all that properly uh, later. Um, yeah. So this week, we'll we'll obviously start, as we always do, with what we're wearing. And just based on like a first look, we've gone very similar this week in terms of... Uh... We're the bumblebees this week, Dan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, interesting. We'll get onto that. Then we're going to talk... I think we're going to talk first about Villa... Uh, after that, Villa's uh, week... Uh, we'll kind of talk about it all in one big section, and then we'll get into blues. Obviously, uh, blues have had very different weeks, so it should be very interesting to get into. And then a little bit of housekeeping, as always, and then we'll get into previewing the coming week's games. Some interesting stuff coming up this week as well. So yeah, um, and we've started adding. So in the in the bio, there should be some timestamps as well. So if you want to jump around. You say you want to listen to the blues bit first, or or something like that. We're going to put timestamps in from now on, so you can see jump to the section maybe you're most interested in, and so on. Um, just makes it a bit easier to navigate around the podcast. But listen to the whole thing. Do listen to the whole thing from start to end. Obviously, it's all great. Yeah. The po- the point is that you do listen to the whole thing. But if you are only interested in one bit or the other, then you yeah. can just jump around. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. So, what we're wearing? Yeah. Um. Who should start? Who should start? I think the person with the black and yellow kit should go first. Right. Oh yeah. wait. <laughs> for, for anyone on the audio version, yeah, we're both we've both gone for black and black and yellow 
away kits. Um, but I think yours is a lot newer than mine. Well, it is a lot newer than yeah, mine. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, shall we start with you? I'll start with you. Yeah, yeah. You, you might as well go first because you're already guessing. So Yeah. Um, uh, so it's a Castor. Uh, i got to admit, if it wasn't for that Villa badge, it'd be a nice kit. Um, uh, can, you see yeah. this, can you see the sort of pattern in the oh, fabric? Is it, like, is it meant to be like the Birmingham, like... I think it's just a pattern in the fabric, oh, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, you had one kit, which was like a map of Birmingham on the pattern or something. Yes, I had that a few weeks ago. Oh, yes, you did, yeah. Um, no, so you're in a black and yellow yellow trim Castor kit. Kazoo's the sponsor. Kazoo, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, it must be fairly I, new. I've got another clue with this kit before you guess, because yeah. there's a player on the back. Okay. So. Ollie Watkins, hmm, 11. Watkins, 11. Uh, I'm going to say... 2021 away. It's last year's third kit. Oh, okay. So 22, 23, third. Yep. Yeah. Um, a really nice kit, Um, to be honest. Uh, I remember when our kits got announced last year, it's always tended to be the last couple of years of the three kits that come out. There's always one I really don't like. Mm. Like the home kit is relatively as you'd expect and, um year on year you you know i think you've had some more funkier away kits uh, home kits than we've had in the, in the last couple of years um as have tended to be quite safe and then yeah i didn't like the blue sort of pajama away kit we had last year but this one really stood out when the leaks and everything first started coming out um i i, I think you're the same i'm a sucker for a yellow kit, a good yellow kit and a good black kit they're they're two just great football shirts um and so this was nice um to have a bit of both that sort of mix between the two the you know we had a, a yellow and black but i guess an invert of this with macro on the year we went down and that's a great kit i really liked it but i'll never buy it because it's the relegation kit um but yeah i really really liked this kit um we had some really good memories in it we tended to wear it a bit more than the home kit um, for a good, uh, sorry, more than the away kit, blimey, <laughs> for the uh, for the most part of the season. Um, I remember this kit, we won away at Southampton uh, just as we really got the ball rolling at the uh, sort of like in the, the early spring of last year under Unai Emery. Um, Ollie Watkins um, got his fifth goal, fifth away goal in consecutive away games. So he was like the first Villa player, I think, to have done that in this kit away at Everton um, a few weeks later. Um, I don't think Steven Gerrard won a game in this kit. Shock. I think he only won two games anyway. That's it before he got sacked. Um, I do remember because we wore it away at Leeds. I don't know why we wore it away at Leeds, given that White and Claret don't clash. Um, and We had this dreadful nil-nil with Leeds at Ellen Road. Um, and I remember Jan Bednarek wearing this kit. Remember him? Um but no, solid kit. I think all of our Castor kits, for the most part, they are safe. They're not really. They're not bad kits. They're not bad designs. But then there's nothing out there where you you wouldn't look at any of the shirts they've made for us and gone, that is an all-time great kit. They're a bit forgettable, but then they're, they're not memorable for the wrong reasons either. If that makes sense. Yeah, they're safe pair of hands. Know what you're getting. Yeah, James Milner. Yeah, I mean, and the actual quality of the replica shirts is really good. Unlike the, the uh, the quality of the player fit versions of uh, this season's kits. Yeah, very good. Um, 
Uh, for anyone on the audio, for me, so I'm not actually wearing... Again, I've gone for a... Um... This kit is one of my childhood favourites. Um, doesn't fit me anymore, sadly. So I'm actually just wearing a Strokes t-shirt. But um, uh, my representative for what we're wearing this week, I've got hanging behind me. I've got it near now. Uh, what are we saying, Cal? Also black and yellow. I have never seen this kit before. I This is going to have to be a real stab in the dark. We can have a good guess, though. So I'll give you a clue. Lonsdale. And fly B. Yeah. Do you want to give you a clue? This feels Hesky era. It's around that, I think it's early 2000s sort of era. So I'm going to guess when, fine, we talked about Hesky the other week, so I should know when he was at Blues. Uh, let's go for 0405 away. You're a couple of years out. Um, this is 2006, seven away. Um, Blimey. The clue would have been so on the back is uh, this is the first year I ever got a name and number on the back, and uh, I got my own name, number nine on the back for my ninth birthday. Look at that font. No, yeah, pretty funky. Um, but yeah, I got the whole like as a kit for like my ninth birthday, like the whole kit and everything. Um, and it was two days before I think. Uh, no, was it the day? No, I can't remember. The but it was the week of the World Cup final, two thousand and six, the Zidane. Um, ah. uh, like headbutt, like we were just going into that season, but yeah, that's 2006 7. Um, so it's Bruce era, not quite Hesky era. It was one, one of the first kits I ever got. I think, um, it's the first away kit I ever got. I'll go as far as to say it's maybe my favorite away kit ever, maybe apart from mm, that or like some of the yellow Adidas ones we've had the last couple of years, they're really tasty as well. But it's definitely one of my favourites. The black and yellow is just killer. Absolutely, like, I think it's a great combo. I wouldn't mind just bringing that back soon. We had, we had a similar one a few years later. Um, but yeah, I, I love that kit. Uh, it's a great season, so we've just been relegated. But Bruce took around and we brought in loads of fresh blood and players that kind of went on to become, like, you know, like kind of, house, I guess, household names, I guess. But like, you know, good level footballers like Celestine Larson came in, Fabrice Mwamba. Um, Nicholas Bentner, Gary McSheffrey, um, and then like he was already at the club, but like DJ Campbell started getting a lot more like game time. Cameron Jerome came in, um, uh, so yeah, it was like a lot of fresh blood. The team was really like reinvigorated, um, and my kind of key, so yeah, we, we finished second. We should have won the league. We we actually got promoted with like a game to spare or something. I actually think Clinton, Mar Clinton Morrison scored for Crystal Palace in like another game, which sent us up. So it wasn't like a, we got promoted during a game, if you know what I mean, a game we were playing. And then I think we were already promoted, and so we, and then we lost our last game, so we didn't win the league, and Sunderland beat us to it. But um, yeah, kind of one of the first seasons I remember, like just from beginning to end, and like the sort of the ups and downs of the season, and um, yeah, like some really great individual games. I remember like uh, the opening game we beat Colchester two one. And DJ Campbell scored, and then Nicholas Benton came off the bench and scored with like a couple of minutes left. So that was like great. Pretty sure I went with my mum and my sister actually to that game. And then I remember like I think maybe the second home game we beat Crystal Palace two one, and it was like a last minute Seb Larson winner. I remember I was in a box for it. I was really cool. I'd never been in a box before. So that was like a really cool experience. Um, yeah, I've never been in a box. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was like a nine or ten, nine year old. That was pretty sweet. Um, yeah, beat West Brom 2-0. Gary McSheffrey just absolutely on fire. It was a great game. Um, and then in that kit, we played West Brom away and we were 1-0 down. And it is like one of the best Blues goals like in our lifetime. Like in the last few minutes, Damian Johnson scored this like outrageous, like um, like a, like 
Oh, I don't know. It's, it's, the ball sort of fell to him. He just sort of hit it with like his side foot and it just curved all the way into the top corner right in front of the Blues end. And I wasn't at the game, but that looked like amazing. Um, and we, we went through a real like sticky patch where we like lost a few games in sort of October, November time. And then we just went on this like insane run after that where like uh, I think we beat Derby away 1-0 with like a really lucky Stephen Clements like deflected shot. It's a really lucky, dirty win. But it was just the one win we needed that then set us on like a brilliant path toward like on a great run. Like we beat, then we battered Sheffield United in the next game, and then I think that was that West Brom two 0 win, and we were just unstoppable from there. Really, it was, it was a really fun time to be a Blues fan. Uh, beat Newcastle five one away in the FA Cup. Like yeah, just some wicked memories. Um, and yeah, and we got promoted at the end of it, so not too bad at all. So yeah, that's uh, two thousand and six seven home is that one. Uh, away, 2006, seven away, I should say. You're making the mistakes I was making. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Cool. Should we um get get it out of the way? Let's get it out of the way. What What would you like to get away uh, out no, the no, way down? No, the villa, <laughs> let's get the villa stuff out of the way. 100. percent I can talk about blues. <laughs> but, like, let's um, it, let's get let's get the villa stuff out of the way. Let's get it out of the way. Well. It has, you know, we are in the run up to Christmas, and it is like we've had an early Christmas present. Santa has uh, has has been to, to Villa Park this week. Um, what a week! What a week! And even when we were talking last week, I was quietly confident, but I would have been, I would have expected somewhere between two and four points. I, I mean, if I'd have said on here last week, oh yeah, Dan, we'll win both games. We'll be Arsenal and Man City. We we both probably would have thought I was talking out my ass. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess let's just start with the Manchester City game because, I, I mean, I tweeted this at halftime that that might be one of the best matches I've ever seen from an Aston Villa side. In terms, like, I've been to some great moments in games, you know, like the playoff semi-final and the playoff finals and League Cup semi-finals that, you know, that stand out. But in terms of quality of the team we were playing and the quality of the football we were playing it might be the best I don't think I've ever seen a Villa team play that well for 90 minutes as well we've had plenty of times where we've gone god we were really good and then we had the second half um uh, from the first minute we Manchester City didn't have a sniff obviously they were without some key players like Rodri and Doku um but you know they still had Erling Haaland on the uh, on the pitch. You know they still had Bernardo Silva and Ruben Diaz and Edison. They still had a lot of big hitters in there. Um, but the game plan worked really, really well, and we just had the better of them. And it genuinely felt for up until we did score. If there was a team that was going to win the game, it very much felt like it was going to be us. Um, we had the chances. I think we had twenty-two shots to Manchester City's like two in the entire match which is sort of just unheard of. Um, it was a comprehensive victory for a 1-0 game. Um, and there was just excellent performances across the park. And I think we can finally say Leon Bailey has finally arrived at Villa Park. Um, he's having a fantastic season, which we also mentioned last week after his goal against Bournemouth. Um, but he definitely... Maybe buying Musa Diaby is like the best thing that could have happened to Leon Bailey. It's given him that competition for places. He's 
got to be better. He's got to be scoring goals. He's got to be getting assists. Otherwise, he won't be in the team. And it's taken him to another level. Um, and, you know, he is a bit of a typical winger in terms of, for the most part, wingers can be confidence players. If they're in a bit of good form and there's, you know, everything they touch turns to gold, they, they'll they all look like world beaters. Um, and then when they're not getting the rub of the green, they will be the most infuriating players on the pitch. Um, you know, Leon Bailey, someone who we thought probably might have been sold in the summer if we were looking to cut our losses. A bit like Luca Dean, I think it's fair to say. Um, the turnaround in them two has been absolutely sensational this year. And they're a big part of where what we're doing and what why we're where we're at, where we are in the league i'm pretty sure that's our first league win over manchester city in 10 years well when we beat them at villa park in the 3-2 where andy vyman scored a last minute goal past joe hart leandro bacuna scored a free kick that day as well if memory serves mm. um pellegrini would have been the manager for manchester city um, obviously our last league win at the Etihad God knows when that was probably never yeah. um, we did beat them in the cup under Lambert at some point after extra time um, but in terms of Premier League victories you know 10 years um, I mean that, that says a lot about how bad we were in that 10 year spell and how good Manchester City have been in that yeah, 10 but, years yeah, it's more Man City you know not many yeah. probably beaten them in the last 10 years or no not at all um, and so after that game, coming off this m- massive high, um, you know, to win that game, we'd gone above Manchester City as well, I think up into third. And uh, I went to bed that night and I couldn't sleep. Just that adrenaline rush. And I was there, I was like, God, I fancy us against Arsenal. I fancied us against Arsenal anyway last week. You I was like, fancy Emery. <laughs> I was like, Huh? What are you going to say? <laughs> Fancy, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I love you and I am Ray. That's where I thought it was going. I was like, yeah. with the bed, and I thought, I fancy you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I um, uh, I forgot where I was going with this. But oh. yeah, I was, I, I couldn't sleep, and we're off this ma- massive high. I was like, I, I got. Sometimes I think you'll probably find this. Watching your team on television is worse than being at the game. Yeah, probably. Like I, had the, I think back to the Tottenham game a couple of weeks ago and the Manchester City game. Like I can't sit down. I'm agitated. I'm pacing, or I'm like I'm like crouched by the telly, or I'm like hiding behind the Christmas tree. I'm pretty sure I get it from my dad because he's exactly the exactly the same. When I saw him on Saturday night, he was say the entire second half against Arsenal. He was just pacing in the in the sitting room, couldn't watch the game. Um, and so I was like, I really wanted to go on Saturday, so I bought a last minute ticket to go. Um, dropped everything and just went on Saturday. Um, in the whole end. And what an atmosphere, what an atmosphere. And I've never, the, the sort of, I haven't felt such confidence inside every fan in Villa Park. You go to a game and you get that feeling when you walk in, whether everyone is up for it or if everyone's expecting you to get pummeled. And we were up for it. It's probably the best atmosphere I've seen at Villa Park in years, probably since the playoff, the playoff promotion season, it was bouncing and, um, it was almost pretty much 90 minutes of non-stop chanting. And it's been a while since I've had a game where it's been non-stop chanting. Um, and we made a fast start. 
the the full length clip of our goal is fantastic. All ten of the eleven players on the pitch touch the ball in the build up to the goal from when we when we win back possession. Everyone other than Luca Dean has at least one touch on the ball before it goes in the back of the net. And it's it's like watching twenty ten Spain. Like we just pass and move and just cut through them. Um and it was just an excellent start to the game. Villa Park was very, very loud. The game then, it was then not how I thought it was going to go. I thought, wow, God, this fast start, maybe if we grabbed another one, like we could be looking at maybe another Brighton or a West Ham sort of game where we just streak off into the distance. And the exact opposite happened where Arsenal pretty much dominated the game for 85 minutes until the final whistle. A complete contrast to the Wednesday night where pretty much from after Haaland's chance in the 11th minute, they never had another look. We controlled and dominated for 80 minutes. And so it was, it was a stressful one. Um, I think it's fair to say it's a weird one. I don't, I mean, from an Arsenal point of view, I think they're obviously frustrated. They dominated the game for the most part. They leaked a poor goal or, you know, it was a good goal from our point of view, but there's not great from their perspective, if that makes sense. Um, but they had an off night. They missed so many chances. Martin Erdegaard had two sitters that he missed. Saka had a couple of half good chances. They just, they were very wasteful. Um, they had two cleared off the line. One of them was probably offside in the build-up. Um, you know, one might argue that, you know, on another night they would have had a, the, a penalty or the disallowed goal wouldn't have been disallowed. Um, I don't think it's a penalty. Would I be annoyed if it was the other way around? Probably, but it's a weird one in terms of there is probably a precedent for that being given as a penalty, but I think it's very soft. We shouldn't be giving penalties for that, but there is a precedent for giving penalties for that. That, that Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, completely. And then the disallowed goal as well, is a quirk in the handball rule mm. where I think we've, I mean, we've had this rule for quite a couple of, for ever since they messed it up in the lockdown season and they re sort of did the handball rule. So we weren't every time it touched the hand, it was a penalty, yeah. whether it was by your side or what there's sort there's been this understanding for ages that if the ball hits an attacker's hand in the run up to a goal, it'll be disallowed regardless. Yeah. So the goal was rightly disallowed. Mm. Do I believe Jared Gillett saw the handball or if he just had a half chance of, or just guessed it? I think he guessed it because the replays aren't massively conclusive. So there's no way that he saw it. Um, but obviously it's a quirk in the handball rule where it has sort of hit Matty Cash's arm as well. But the rule doesn't say if it touches the defender's arm as well, mm. whether it's a goal or not. It's just a quirk in the rule. And if you're writing the rules... This scenario, when was the this scenario has never happened before? You wouldn't write it in the rules because what are the chances of it happening? Yeah. Um, so maybe we got away with it, but a different style of victory. And for weeks I've been on this podcast going, where's the clean sheet? Why can't we keep a clean sheet? We're just letting sloppy goals in in games where we should keep a clean sheet. And we kept back to back clean sheets against Man City and Arsenal. Of course we have. Yes, there's a, a yeah. Uh, are you done? Yeah, I, I could talk for hours, but <laughs> I think we've covered the most bases. This is probably the 
until we win the league, Dan, this is probably going to be the happiest I'm going to be on this podcast. I hope, so. I hope this is the happiest you're ever going to be on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, like, um, yeah, being at the Blues game the other night and like having the fan, we'll get onto it, but like, the, I mean, I still joined in, but like the fans singing shit on the villa and stuff after like the, the week, the, the goal for the minute is, you know, it's a little bit, maybe embarrassing's a bit too strong a word because we're Blues, we'll always sing shit on the villa, but. Um, yeah, just, I don't know, I, there's kind of nothing I could say, you know, <laughs> it's like, I can't, yeah. and you said, you said something like when you were nil-nil against Man City at halftime, you, you put like on WhatsApp something like, oh, like the best half of football I've maybe ever seen from Villa or something, and I, yeah. I, I oh, bless them, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're drawing nil-nil, bless them, but like, obviously I know, dude, like everyone has said how good you were, I didn't see the Man City game, but everyone everyone has said you were like absolutely outstanding. So I don't know, Man City, this whole Man City crisis thing, I find it a bit ridiculous. They've drawn a few games. Like there's no... Yeah, they drew three games and lost one and it's a crisis. It's yeah. a hard life, isn't it? Yeah, the best team in the world still, in my opinion, even if it's been done by a, um, like, uh, like some rather hectic spending. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it'll it be us one day. I'll look forward to it. But... I mean, I, I I'm trying to really savor and enjoy this at the moment because it won't last forever um mm. i remember when we you know when we were great under martin o'neill and i had my season ticket i'll never forget it the one i, can't, I don't know we we i can't remember the the game or whatever but i remember we had a good win and i remember be, coming out of villa park and my dad saying to me enjoy this because it won't last forever and like we've been rubbish before and we're in a really good patch at the moment but you don't know what's going to happen and as a 12 year old kid you're like what do you mean like we're brilliant and we're in the UEFA Cup and, you know, we've got this great team, you know, we'll be good forever. And it's, you know, it's not until things go really badly that, you know, you you kind of, it really hits home. And, you know, I'll never forget the feeling like when we lost to you in the League Cup's quarterfinal or the playoff final defeat. I will never forget walking out of that stadium. I've never been so heartbroken watching mm. football. Um but it's those moments that mean when the good times do come back and they do, will come back eventually, you know, you're not going to be dreadful forever that really make you savor those. That those are, those are what make these moments enjoyable is going through those really tough times oh, yeah, and coming out the other side. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Which is why I kind of wish uh, uh, like blues is the, you know, the mad success we've had in, my our lifetime, like yeah, relative one, like the League Cup win or playing in Europe, a couple of promotions. I wish I was like a little bit older for them all. Because don't get me wrong, it's great when you're a kid, but like my early times, a couple of relegations, yeah, but they're all things Blues bounce back from straight away. Yeah. I wish I kind of, yeah, I would have appreciated it so much more. I appreciate it now so much more, uh, you know, now that it's sort of, you know, that it's sort of 10, 15 years on from it all. Um, and also, also though, with your games, like, I say it a lot, but like for them to be like under the lights, like, you know, like Saturday night for the Arsenal one, that must yeah. have it just adds something else. It's like yeah, you know, proper proper night atmosphere. Really something something you can't quantify, just something really special about it. Yeah, and that and that's at any level. football yeah. uh, the the late kickoffs under the lights, they're always special games at home. Like um, don't get me wrong, like I've been to some absolute stinker Tuesday night games, but oh, like, yeah, same. Big, you know, but... big events, like under the lights, probably live on Sky, you know, them kind of things. Yeah, pretty special.
Shall we talk about your away day in Coventry, Dan? Yeah. So you, you had a busy, busy week, but you did yeah. manage time to travel all the way to Coventry and back in the night. Yeah, I did, yeah. Um, so let's talk about positives. Um, I got free parking at the stadium, so that was good. Yeah. Um, uh, that was good. Uh, the black away kit looked really nice. Again. Um, first time I did it in the flesh. Uh, uh, I... Um, had uh, a sausage How roll. was your view? Was your I seat was... all right? Yeah, my seat was great. That's a good... Yeah, that's another positive. My seat was really good. Good leg room? Uh, well, we stood up, but yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, and yeah, we were sort of just behind the goal and just to the right. Uh, yeah, really good view. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I was home relatively quick. That was a positive. Um, another positive. Um, uh, at one point, John James had a shot and um, it was miles over uh, but it looped back down and landed like it was it was uh, the thing is, I was so tired I've been in work in the morning and they had gone to the game and I was, the, John James shot and the ball was literally coming like right it was like an asteroid from space like coming right <laughs> the and I was so like, the game was going so we was about an hour in at this point and we we're obviously not going to get anything out of the game and I just sort of like oh he just did not react at all it was coming straight at me and my mate on one side and this guy on the other side like just like both like dive to try and get to the ball <laughs> So that's kind of funny. That was a good laugh. Like, I love a good laugh about that. Um, uh, yeah, but the game was not a positive. Uh, but to clarify, I do say, like, I kind of knew what I was getting into. We've lost every single away game since Bristol City in August. I think it was the second, I think it was our second away game of the season. So I knew what I was getting into. So, like, you kind of can't let the football, like, ruin the night out and, you know, all that stuff. I always say that. Um, but it does try because we were dreadful, I would say. I thought we were really poor. Um, and I say every week, like, we just need to get through this. We need to just get some, we need to <laughs> just need to get some momentum going. And then I, I yeah. really hope and think there's a chance this thing with Rooney can get going. But rather alarmingly, um, he has less points. So he's done nine games and he has less points than Zola. Yeah, I d- I did see this. His record is now thought, worse. I never thought that would be like obviously. Let's do, like you know, Zola had twenty four games, I think it was or something. And I I can see little things. We are trying to move the ball, which sounds like a, a I've seen, it sounds like the most faint praise ever. But I've seen us under Karanka and under Cottrell, and I've seen us literally just lump it and have, the ball just is like a ping pong. It's just there's no style whatsoever. There's nothing. I can see us like trying to at least get the ball down and play a bit. I think Jordan James is a really... I really like him. I think he needs to be starting. He's got something about him where he gets the ball and he'll turn and he's got that desire to like pass forward. I like that. And he's in, he's in the Wales setup as well, isn't he? Yeah, and he's smashing it for Wales, apparently. Um, another positive, Ramel Donovan came on. Uh, he's 16, I think. Came on with a couple of minutes left and he, you know... I know it's only a couple of minutes, but he's got, you know, got something about him. I think I look forward to seeing him develop, hopefully. Um, but no, a 2-0 loss, obviously an ex-Villa player who hasn't scored in like 18 months, Callum O'Hare. Uh, it had just come back from a really nasty ACL injury. Yeah, and the last time he scored was against Blues in April 2022, <laughs> and he scored twice against us. Uh, and just simple goals, I don't know if you've seen them, but like... I have, yeah. Yeah, really poor. Like the second one, he almost like just dribbles across the box almost, and like the defence is nowhere to be seen. Um, I thought we looked good for about... 20-ish minutes at the start. Um, and even that is like, I think that's just relative compared to what we've been. We were so poor against Rotherham the week before. I think at least the players looked up for it, I thought, in the first sort of 20 minutes. We were getting the ball forward. Look, look you know, 
getting into the country danger zone and stuff. Um, but Dembele looked kind of bright, and uh, you know the players just looked more up for it. And I was, so you know there was a bit of a a bit of a buzz in the away, and it's like yes, come on, let's get some in here, let's get some momentum going. Um, and it, once Coventry had a spell in the game, it never really looked back after that. Once they, they got the first goal, and then for the rest of the first half, we couldn't really get out of our own half. I didn't think. Second half, we had probably a little spell around 70 minutes where we created a few chances, but I'd argue nothing concrete. Our set pieces were really poor for a lot of the night. Um, you know, we had a few free kicks in dangerous positions and really made nothing of them. And it's kind of frustrating seeing good players, play, good players who have done it for did it for us earlier in the season or before when they've been at Blues, just not doing it. Bielik really struggled. I thought Buchanan uncharacteristically struggled for a lot of the game and... Um, it was kind of down his side the first goal. Not necessarily his fault, but like they, they were kind of coming down his side a lot, I thought, in the first half. Um, and yeah, and then it was all topped off with that second goal. Uh positives, I thought so. Mark look, we had a lot of injuries as well. So that's not a positive, obviously, but Deion Sanderson was out, Kevin Long is still out. Um, although not that I think he'd be playing anyway. Um Tyler Roberts. Uh who? Um Cody is was out as well. So um, that meant Bakuna had to go back in at right back. Um, but I thought, uh, so and that meant Mark Roberts came back in at centre back as well for his only second start of the season. And I, you know, when Mark, you find out Mark Roberts is playing, you're like, oh my god, you know, I'd be still playing Mark Roberts in 2023. But he actually played well. I thought, I thought he had a good game. Um, and people like criticise Jukovic, and I can see why he has his limitations. But he work, it honestly works so hard. He's like, honestly, like. The amount of ground he covers left to right, I genuinely think, for a man who's not quick and is 35 now, 34, 35, I, really, I do appreciate it. I, and, I, you know, his hold-up play is still good, in my opinion. He lacks goal threat, but he does at least bring something to the team. Um, but, yeah, just a frustrating night all round. But I say it every week, we're just, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not Rooney out. I really want this to work, but... Someone's got to change quick, man. Because we got the game. The, it's not easy enough. We got hard games coming up between now and the new year. Um, so it's concerning. And like at full time, like the sort of they, you know, they're coming over and obviously as they always do. And there's a bit of, you know, I don't like to see it, but there's a lot of kind of aggro towards Rooney and the players and stuff. And I understand it. You know, like we paid a lot of money to go. Like my ticket was nearly forty quid. Yeah, forty quid, didn't you? Like, say, yeah. yeah, and I understand that's probably. That that's a Coventry thing more yeah, than, yeah, a, so, yeah. than a than a Blues thing, but yeah, but still, you still paid forty quid yeah, to come on a cold Friday night near Christmas. You know, people have a right to be annoyed, um, but I just and I really hope we just you know sometimes when you think you're at your lowest ebb, sometimes you can just pull a winner out of nowhere where you least expect it, and that can just set you going. We just need that moment to fall for us, um, but yeah, it was. It was a har- a, a, not harrowing it was a, a humbling night is the word I should use um, but I thought Coventry looked really tidy I know they're not having a great start to the season but I think once they get going I think they they, they can really play they're like so they're they didn't clearly- have a good start last year and they were very close to getting promoted yeah and they're clearly what I think we're trying to be they can get the ball down they can play their movement is really excellent um, their link up play is excellent um, it, it kind of sums up sort of like Dembele at one point uh, yeah, he got booked for diving in the penalty area, and it was right in front of us. And it's clearly a dive. And I'm like, is this what we is this what we are now? <laughs> like, really, like diving against Coventry, you know? But my my main feeling is like, um, it just wasn't meant to be like this, you know? Like this season, this season's life is so. You go back to listen to like our first couple of episodes, yeah. Episodes, 
the you know new owners come in tom bray tom brady is coming in you know the club's gonna like do all this stuff and we're gonna fix the stadium and and and, to, and they are doing all that to be fair there are there is so much to be positive about but everything on the pitch has gone really sour um and obviously it's that, gone very that, sour very quickly yeah for sure and this feels emo- like emotionally the club feels a lot like it has over the last couple of years the last few years and i didn't expect that um by december um and obviously you can have all the positive stuff going on at the club but if you're not performing on the pitch people aren't going to turn up the atmosphere is not going to be good it overrides everything else so we just need to, i say it every week we do need to just get back get some momentum back and i think things will lift um so you know yeah we just need to we need to get through this but as we'll get on to later we got tough games coming up man it's tough games and the the away form i've never known anything like it i'll do some number crunching this week and try and work out when the last time was that we had an away record this bad. That is eight straight losses in the league away. That is just un- unbelievable. Like, lost eight of our 10 away games is staggering. That's absolutely staggering. At what point do you think the owners have to cut their losses? Because obviously he's now obviously he's now got a worse record than Zola, and I know we you, you know you said you know Zola had twenty four games and mm-hmm. he only had what two wins was it? Yeah, um, and he still only gets sacked. He resigned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it got so bad he had to walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously it's different ownership. Yeah, but they obviously you know the comparisons were made with the Zola thing from the moment. You, they yeah, yeah. put Rooney in for Eustace. They mm. cannot afford to let it go on to the point where it, it starts to be like that as well. Yeah. Because you could I, still save that, you know, you know, they could, you know, they won't, but like if you, you could sack Rooney tomorrow, who's available? I can't remember who's available at the moment, but you know, I don't know. Nigel Pearson's available, Warnock's available, or to- Tony Mobile. I mean, what an appointment that would be. Mm. Um you know, throw one of them in, all of a sudden your season could just switch like that. Yeah. Know? One thing I just don't subscribe to as well is people going, oh, the players aren't good enough. You know, Rooney needs his own players. Like, I don't, I just don't agree. Like, Rooney probably does need his own players to play the style of football that he wants to. And that's fair enough. But he does, there are, they are, there are good players. We were raving about these players just a few weeks ago, yeah. like about oh, two months ago or so. Like Dembele. There, there has to be some future planning involved. You know, the likes of a Kevin Long or a John Ruddy are yeah, not long-term solutions in the slightest. No, of course. But like there, there are good players there. There are players that were performing for us. And we were all saying, like, oh, you know, fish top 10, top six, maybe. So I don't subscribe to that. And I think with the players we've got, we should absolutely be doing better. Um, but I I don't think Rooney and I I I stand by, I don't think, you know, I think he does deserve not deserve, but I think he should be given more time to get it right. Absolutely. I so I don't think there's any chance he gets the boot unless there is like as it gets to like the running and we are in serious trouble of going down. I, I just don't see that at all. And I'm talking like a Zola. You know, like if Zola, if Zola hadn't gone, we would have got been relegated hundred percent. Like we couldn't like, we just could not do anything under Zola. Zola is the worst manager we've ever had. Like there's Yeah, yeah. Like people that say, oh, yeah, you know, there was at least there was something going on there, and at least he was trying to implement something. Zola was terrible. Zola, there was no positive to the Zola era. Um, Other than the win at Wolves. The win at Wolves, yeah, go on then, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think it would genuinely have to get to like that level because I, I, I do think there is, and the club we saw it at the open house stuff, there is this big plan, and I think Rooney is very much a part of it, and I think he was their man that they wanted. 
Um, so I think it, I think it would have to get to absolute desperation for anything like that to happen. I just don't see it. Don't see it otherwise. It's going to be a week by week thing, but yeah. I guess as you say, a couple all of a sudden back to back wins over Christmas, and all of a sudden the picture will change yeah. the other way. I, I guess suppose. the thing is, I just it just feels a long way off for that miracle win, that like fluky out of nowhere win. And I talked earlier in what we're wearing about um, when we went on a bad run under Bruce in uh, 2006, and um, we had Derby away and we were like, Bruce is under so much pressure and we drew nil. We, no, sorry. We were drawing nil, nil. And with like five minutes left, Stephen Clements like had a shot and it took the biggest deflection you've ever seen in your life. And like hit the defender, I think slid in, hit him. And then the ball's looped over and it's looped over the keeper. And it's the luckiest goal you will ever see in your life. And it was the most, but then the players went mental. Stephen Clements like runs off, it's like mental. And we win one nil and it set us on this, it just like that, like a switch. Then we, you know, big win at Sheffield United, then then beat West Brom. And then we went on this insane run that propelled us into the, you know, the upper echelons of the league. We need something like that. That's what we need. Um, hopefully, hopefully it comes soon. Hopefully it comes at all. Um, but yeah, it's just, a, just, it's just a shame the season's, you know, it, it, there is a, like a realistic chance we're in a relegation battle this year. And it just, Oh man, sick of a man, sick of relegation battle. You know, um, yeah, because was it QPR won back to back games out of nowhere, haven't they? And yeah, I don't think they looked like, dead and buried. I don't think we are. I think, in terms of like ability, we are way better than numbers, a number of teams in the league. We are certainly not one of the three worst teams in the league, but we just need to find the formula, man. And even I've said it before, even if it means just going back to like some basics and just then we can progress into what really wants to do slower. We need to make sure things don't get. You gotta keep, in my opinion, the keeping the positive energy at the club going is important. Like you know, well, he's got to make sure he's still there in the summer to implement something. Yeah, sure. And also, bear in, I, I do agree as well. With, I understand football is like a long term thing, especially when you new owners come in and a new manager comes in. I understand it's got to be a long term plan, and you do have to build to the future. And it's slow, but, it, it, but, but managers are not pay, a long term thing, though. No, it's not. And also, like fans pay a lot of money for like a season ticket this season. You know, you know what I mean. Like, and. Or to go and watch again. Like obviously the players are trying to win, obviously, like, but there's you know, you've got to have a bit of positivity now as well to keep people going, get attendances up. I don't know, but but yeah, hopefully starting in, on Wednesday we can turn things around. Hopefully it's not nine in a row away, but we'll get on to that. A little bit of housekeeping. Um I don't I don't know if you've got any. I've got a couple of bits. Um, Birmingham Mail were reporting today that um, so the new North stand that we're going to get um, hopefully they're going to start work on that after the Foo Fighters play Villa Park next summer uh, it does mean that stand is going to be completely closed I think there was a, a the, the initial plan was to keep the lower tier open it looks like the whole stand is going to be closed uh, until the end of the 2025-2026 season. So Villa Park's capacity will reduce to around 36,000 fans rather than 42. Obviously that obviously that 42 includes the away fans, as does the 36. But obviously the allocation for away fans will go down because it's based on how big the stadium is. Um, so that's going to be something to look forward to next season, trying to bag tickets for home games, because that's going to become very difficult very well, quickly, especially, especially if we keep right. this form up. Yeah, especially if you're hopefully not, but you might even be in a better level of European competition next yeah, year. Yeah, if, if we were in the Champions League next year, blimey, it's going to be hard to get tickets. So 
just as a word of the word to the word of warning to everyone who's listening it might be good to if you're if you're not a season ticket holder and you're a member or if you're not a member you might want to be a member because you're probably going to need some form of booking history and be a member next season if you want to get to home games which is kind of mad really like we i remember like we didn't even have the stadium fully open when we we're in the championship so mm -hmm. all right that's kind of crazy so um, and the other bit I had is, and it's part of the reason why I wore this shirt tonight is because it's one of my Castor shirts, is that the uh, Matt Law from The Telegraph was reporting today that Villa are finally receiving a new shipment of Castor shirts, uh, which they hope will now solve that wet look issue. Oh, yeah. um, but they are yet to be road tested, so they might not work. Um, and he did go on to say, Castor believed that the issue was caused by an imbalance from the BK8 sponsorship on the front of the shirt, but they did accept responsibility and vowed to find a solution. Um, and Villa are still expected to end the multi-year deal we have with Castor. The slight issue with the excuse about the sponsorship being the problem for why the entire shirt looks like you've been dunked in a swimming pool after you've run around in it is that... We've played away European games where we're not allowed to have the BK8 sponsorship, and that's arguably the worst the shirts have looked. <laughs> yes, the bizarre. Like this, the night in Poland, my God, they they looked dreadful. Those shirts mm. after about twenty minutes. I'm pretty sure Zan I think I said Zaniolo went through about three of them in ninety minutes or seventy minutes or something. Swap shirts. Um, yeah. So. Um, so we'll, we'll see. It did look like they had been getting a bit better, but obviously as the as the temperature has dropped, sure. I mean, not that you don't sweat, but I don't you you don't sweat as badly no, as you do when it's hot. really hot. Yeah. Well, so yeah. Cheers, cheers teach. <laughs> so, like, science with Callum. <laughs> Who knew you were on an educational podcast? Yeah. What a genius. Yeah. No, it's true. Though. It's true. Upcoming games. Yeah, and obviously Christmas is for football and it is yeah. game after game after game after game after game. It's another double game week for us. You've got a double game week this week, although it's a, slight of a, a slightly quirky one for you. Yeah, really. And clearly Sky Sports weren't thinking of the Second City podcast when they did the uh, the scheduling of yeah, the TV yeah, fixtures. We record on a Monday night, Sky, so how dare you schedule our game up for a Monday night? No, but um, should we start with Blues then? We've... um yeah. We've got Cardiff away on Wednesday night. Um, on the red button. On the red button and on Blues TV. Um, so, or uh, if you want to listen, Radio WM, I'm sure we'll have it. Um, yeah, Cardiff. Uh, we They will see us as there for the taking because we have lost eight away games in a row. But, yeah, I mean, they're not like one of the outstanding teams in the league, are they? But, you know, they're pretty mid-table. No. But, um they'll see us as there for the take and 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 someone's got to change um I, I, yeah I, as i've covered in the, the commentary section our away from was just dreadful and i i don't see like if i'm being absolutely honest i don't see us getting an away point anywhere at the minute which is you know is it a mental thing is it like obviously a lot's been said about how blues for years when the going gets tough we like are mentally quite weak and i feel like it's just a lot of that going on as well but this is where we need our leaders. This is where Duke, Dion, we need these people to really show their character here and, you know, have their influence. Um, but if I'm brutally honest, I just don't like. I, I, honestly, even Sheffield Wednesday, we went to Sheffield Wednesday away. I'm not fully convinced we'd 
get something from there. So it's so strange. But um, yeah, like I say, we need we need that Stephen Clements moment. We need that fluky goal, something just to fall for us. Um, be interesting to see what he does with the team. I don't know if Dion will we'll actually be back fit now that I say that. Um, I'd argue that Roberts played so not so well, but he played well against Coventry that I wouldn't be as alarmed as I probably was when I saw the team <laughs> on Friday. He's probably as warranted, maybe a start if injuries permit. I, I don't know what's going on with the right backs as well. Both Laird and Draymond were out, but I thought I thought Bakuna did okay actually on Friday night in the circumstance. Um, I'd imagine I, I'd imagine Stansfield will go back to being right up top, um, and Yukovic will probably drop to the bench. And I'll be, I'll be okay. I love Yukovic, but I think Stansfield is our main goal threat, obviously. Um, and if that means... I'm not a huge fan of Burke. I think I've said it on here before. I'm not a huge fan of Ollie Burke. But if it means putting him back in on like the right wing or something, so be it. Or like as the number 10, so be it. Um, but then the following Monday, we've got... So also, so that's this live on Sky. Monday night, we've got uh, Leicester at home. So this will probably be... We'll probably do next record after that game. So I'll cover it here. Yeah. Um, Leicester are the best team ever, so they're probably gonna. Um, yeah, they've got the best record. I can't remember how many games the champ. Is it twenty games into the championship already yeah. this year? They've got them and Ipswich ha- both have the first and second best record in yeah. that league after twenty games. Yeah, they're, they're on board, like set rec- all sorts of records. Um, obviously, though, it's the big uh, Rooney Vardy rematch. Um, so this time it's personal. So that's probably. In large part, going to get a lot of interest in the game. Probably going to be, I don't know, scrap on the pitch at halftime or something. That might be fun. But um, yeah, so obviously Vardy still playing for Leicester, really managing Blues. Should be interesting. Uh, Like again, I just don't like Leicester are so good. They are so good at the minute. They are completely primed to go straight back up. We're in this weird period. I just don't. I mean, they've basically still got like 80% of their Premier League team. Yeah, like this is a team. I know a lot of the players have changed, but this is a team that won the FA Cup like two years ago. This is a team that won the Premier League just a few years. A club that won the Premier League just a few years ago. Um, I semi-finals of the Conference League. Yeah, like you know they'll probably go back up and they'll probably stay up. Like I, I just um, yeah, I just considering Rob, we were incredibly lucky to get a draw against Rotherham. Rotherham genuinely could have won that game two three now, and they're crap. Like we're you know we're playing a re- like a really good championship team. They're probably better than a couple of teams in the Premier League at the minute. Um, so it's gonna be tough. Like it's not inconceivable. I, I guess I sound really negative. It's not inconceivable that we'll come out of this with zero points. Like and but I I hope with the Leicester game Monday night week leading up to Christmas. Let's just I hope the I, I re- if we can get something against Cardiff, if we will somehow beat Cardiff. The atmosphere of that Leicester game should be a lot better, hopefully. If we can get the crowd going, get you know, get the fireworks on, get the fire things going again, like as, as always, like hopefully just something can pick up at Blues and we can get the crowd behind them and get an atmosphere going. Because like that, when we beat West Brom a couple of months ago, it was special, man. That's what St Andrews can still be a really special place. Um, and so we just need to get that going. We just, like I say, we just need something to fall for us because until then, it's. Yeah, bit of a bit of a tough time. We know that Dan's going to lose all hope when they stop putting the the fireworks <laughs> yeah, and the flamethrowers out on the every pitch week, every week. No matter how bad things are at Blues, when then fireworks start going off, I'm like, yes, yes, let's go. <laughs> I'm like, um, uh, but no, hope. Yeah, uh, if anyone, like, yeah, I, I love the fireworks. Keep them going. Yeah, but um, 
Yeah, let's uh, talk about Villa. You're back in Europe, I believe, on Thursday. Yeah, hopefully it'll be our last European game to about February. Um, it's the last ever group games, I believe. Is that... It is the last round of the group, yeah. Well, but in terms um, of, the, is it in the conferences as well? They're sacking off the group stage from next season, or is that the Champions League? I think it's just the champ. Well, the Champions oh, League will still have a group stage next year. It'll just be like two oh, yeah, groups of like ten team format. Anyway, you're back in it. Obviously, we're going to qualify for the Champions League the year they mess it up. <laughs> sure. uh, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. So hopefully, it's our last group, uh, our last European game for a couple of months because. If we're playing it again in January, it means that we haven't topped the group. So um, we do not want to play that round of 32. I've been saying that for weeks. Um, we we can lose the game and still finish top of the group because obviously the head-to-head with Legia is the same. So they if we need to lose and they need to beat AZ Alkmaar, by a certain number of goals because it'll get a goal scored. But obviously we got quite a decent goal record because we did put four Past AZ Alma. So um, we've got a bit of a buffer there. Um, and also, Alkmaar can still qualify. So this is the good thing for us. I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. You know, that game is not a dead rubber. Mm. Mostar cannot qualify. But obviously, they'll, you know, they, they beat Alkmaar at home in like the first group game. You know, they'll want to at least end the, end the group, you know, against, you know, one of the favorites of the competition with a scout really. Um, it'd be the game you'd have been looking forward to if you're one of the Mostar fans. Um, I'm very jealous of every, of like the 900 Villa fans. It might even be less, it might even be 700 Villa fans that are going to Bosnia uh, this week because that is going to be a class away day. And you're like, you know, it's like a handful of people really. The pictures of that ground are, of the away end in particular, are insane. It's tiny and it's almost like a, almost like a cage. Mm. Um, by the looks of things, lots of flares and all sorts have gone in there. Like the chairs are burnt. Like the, if they're even there at all, there's just like rocks that you sit on. It's like it's 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 not even a proper ground. It's got like a running track around it. It's it's like a piece of scaffolding that's been half torched. Yeah. You know. Um, but those are the European away days you would dream of doing as a fan. So I am very jealous of everyone that's going out there and have a great time and stay safe, of course. Uh, hopefully you see a win. I expect we'll make a lot of changes. Um, I expect, you know, we'll see Clement Longley. We'll see Leander Dendonka, who did very well when he came on, bar one misplaced pass against Arsenal. But he did do very well. Um, I reckon Matty Cash will start. He also had a very good impact against Arsenal. He was fantastic, I thought, when he came on. Um, we'll see John Duran start. We'll probably see Nicolo Zaniolo start, who needs some minutes and something to kickstart his season, really. Um, the one doubt will be Robin Olsen, um, because he hasn't been on the bench for the last two games. So since we played Legia, he's been he's disappeared. No, no one knows where he is. Um, I know that he's recently had a child, so I don't know if that's why he hasn't quite been in the squad, which could leave a little quirk of uh, we could sit. I wouldn't want to take Emmy Martinez at all. Along, I wouldn't take Pal Torres. I wouldn't take Ollie Watkins. I wouldn't take John McGinn. Leave him at home. Let him watch it on the telly. Um, but obviously, it, in a game where we could, we do need to at least get a point to throw Philip Marshall in for his very first Aston Villa appearance away in the Conference League in Bosnia. Might not be the smartest call, but uh, uh, we'll see. Yeah. 
if we, you know, if 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 he, it might just mean that he needs to play a slightly stronger team to rest Emmy Martinez, I guess, if he wants to do that. So uh, that's the one thing to watch. Um, it's an early kickoff. It's five forty-five in the afternoon. So I'm either going to work from home that day, or I will be racing back from work <laughs> to yeah. make it for that. Um, so. Don't get caught out like I nearly did for the Legia game all those weeks ago. Um, Be a good game. I think it'll be close. I think we'll probably have enough to maybe win one or two now. Um, We'll probably leak a goal, actually. Maybe maybe 2-1 or something. Um, I think if we get the first goal, we'll be fine. Um, So, yeah. And then we've got... Brentford away on Sunday, two o'clock, not on telly. We never win at Brentford. I'm pretty sure the last time we won at Brentford was in the 1930s. Like, we never win. Granted, we haven't played them a lot. and (laughs) Genuinely, yeah. Yeah, but then we haven't played them a lot because we were in... uh, For a long time. Yeah. It's a recent thing, them even being like the championship even. Yeah. Um. I think back to the, we lost. We've lost every time we've gone up there or gone down there. Um, I think. Oh uh, yeah, we never win there. We never win there. So, not even. Oh, we got a draw last year. That was it. We got a, a late equaliser in a game that we really didn't play very well in. Um, so, anything at Brentford is a positive. Um, to be honest, if you offered me a draw, Brentford aren't great this year, but their home form is probably still one of the best in, not as good as ours, obviously, but um, great uh, home form, small ground, small pitch. I'd take a point. Fair enough. Um, Cool. Should we wrap it up there? I think we should. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so if you have enjoyed this week's podcast, uh, please do follow us on Twitter and TikTok. Yeah, and subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you're on. Leave us the five-star reviews. Um, they help us out a lot. They help the algorithms out. Um, check out the Second City Story episodes. We've done three of them. Uh, I'm not sure when our next one will be, but um, they're yeah. three timeless masterpieces on Alex McLeish, Hotter, and Emil Heskey. So go check them out. Yeah, and you can follow us everywhere with the handle Second City Pod. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so we'll do the pod slightly, uh, maybe a day later next week. Just go because yeah. Blues are playing on the Monday, so we'll let that go, and then we'll we'll do we'll react to that afterwards as well. Um, but yeah, see you next week, Cal. Take care. Yeah, and you don't have a good week and up the villa. Uh, keep right on, and see you next time. <laughs>